Hey everybody, my name is John Wood, and I am Author on Wheels. This is a podcast discussing my books, my life, and my fight to survive. Join us as we have some incredible interviews with some incredible authors. Lori Safronic likes writing about things that give other people nightmares. She's fascinated by serial killers, and they populate many of her stories. They tend to walk right in and sit down near the computer screen while she's typing, so it's really hard to ignore them. Not that she tries. Freak show performers amaze her too, so she created her own world for the special people of the circus world. Freak show, the complete freaked out series, combines all her characters in one dangerous place with a snake charmer, a sword swallower, an alligator man, a contortionist, and a tattooed man, all benevolently watched over by the fattest woman on earth. The moral of the story is, we are all freaks, we just don't know it. Lori began her writing career as a small-town newspaper reporter in Nebraska. She finds plenty of inspiration in her home state, from the abandoned farms to the dense cornfields to the lonely back roads. Why do you think they call it a flyover state? People are just too scared to stop. Since she turned her hand to writing fiction... Lori's work has been published in several anthologies, including Slaughterhouse, The Serial Killer Education, Volume 1, from Sirens Call Publications, Simple Things from Lycan Publications, Final Masquerade by Lycan Publications, and Dead Harvest by Scarlet Galleon Publications. Her books can be found at her Amazon Authors page. Lori lives in Omaha, Nebraska with her husband of 38 years, Chuck, and their two dogs, Charlie and Arthur, and of course, a black cat named Missy. Her office is full of photos of nice people like Ted Bundy and Ed Gein, and a few zombies among the towers of books waiting to be read. Join us as we have an amazing, interesting interview with author Lori Safronic. Author on Wheels podcast. My name is John Wood, affectionately known as Author on Wheels. And in the studio today, joining us from her home in Omaha, Nebraska, we have horror author Lori Safronic. Lori, welcome to the Author on Wheels podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Glad to have you on tonight. Now, I am really excited about this interview because I've been looking forward to reading or to hearing about your book, Freak Show, the complete freaked out series for a long time now. So why don't we just go on ahead and why don't you give me the backstory behind Freak Show? Well, uh, first I started watching, well, actually, where I grew up, there was a freak show <laughs> every summer. We mm-hmm. had a carnival and they had a freak show in it every summer. It wasn't as fancy as the freak show in my book, but it was several trailers and they had strange things in them. And one of the thing, things, unfortunately, was a 1,000 pound man. And you could walk through the trailer and he was behind glass. You couldn't Uh talk to him or anything. And he was laying on a mattress with just like a sheet over him. And it was horrible to me. It was just, I felt sorry for him. Uh And so I never went to a freak show ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Like the state fair and that, but that just made me feel really bad. Right. But I found out in my research for this book that man is still alive he still does freak shows and he is very happy in his life that same guy so i guess you have to that's the thing with freak shows is they have a bad reputation 
but they it did a lot of good things for some people in in its day and so you have to there's two sides to it and that's what fascinated me and then also there was a series about a freak show in venice beach california and it was on every week and the the uh, entertainers were interviewed and it was really a lot of fun and that even more got me stirred up so i got the idea to just write one story one short story about the fat lady in the circus mm -hmm. freak show and right. her name was marie and i just got going on that i wrote the story everybody liked it and then i just couldn't stop so <laughs> I wrote six short stories about the guys in this freak show, the people, and uh -huh. uh, it was a lot of fun. And pe people responded really well to it. And now I'm writing a book called The Bearded Lady about the same freak show. Uh -huh. And there's a young woman who has a full beard and just naturally grows because that happens to some people, some right. women. Right. And uh, this young woman, Julia, is very beautiful and everything and so she's the focus of this book and I interviewed a lady who is a bearded lady in a freak show and we did a face-to-face a -face interview on on video and such a nice girl and so lovely and it was just you know it's great research and well, anyway that's how it came about just an idea from something in my childhood and then I saw this show and it kind of sparked that again. So the fat that, lady. <laughs> that is incredible. That is incredible to hear a little bit just about your background from uh, what we've discussed and from what your bio says here. You started out your writing career as a small town newspaper reporter in Nebraska. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, uh, I went to the college for journalism and then I live in Omaha, but it's about a half a million people, but we have a lot of like little small towns edging Omaha that touch us. <laughs> wow. And uh, when I was in college, I got an internship at one in Bellevue, Nebraska, which is a little tiny town. Mm -hmm. And I just loved it. You, you get to really know when you do the weekly newspaper, you're, you only put out one newspaper a week. So right. you get a lot of time to do your interviews and really meet people and so fun. And so when I graduated from college, I kind of begged this <laughs> editor to hire me, <laughs> the editor of the same paper. And I harassed him until he hired me. And, <laughs> and I really liked it. And I did that for, uh, well, before I, well, actually, before I, when I got, when I graduated, I went to another small town paper that's like a little bedroom community, mm -hmm. and I worked there about three years, and that was fun, too. It was the same sort of thing, small town. Yeah. And, you know, we were right on that newspaper. We were right on, you know, we were the, it was a city, but it's right on the country, the the farms and the cows and everything is right there. If, exactly. If you have to go for a drive at all, you're going to see cows. <laughs> exactly. So, Omaha's not that way. We're a city. So, I mean, not a big city, but there's only, there's no cows. <laughs> right. No. So, out there was a lot of fun. And then I worked at an, another small, tiny town and 
uh, it was so small that the newspaper was called the newspaper. It, it uh, didn't even have a name. The newspaper. <laughs> the newspaper. And I loved, I loved working there, but it was an hour away. So an hour each way. Right. That was a little much. And then when the weather hit, I had to come home one night in a whiteout. Ow. Do you even know what that is? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, you, Unfortunately, even though I live in Florida, I know what a whiteout is. All I could see was the ditch <laughs> was on my side and my wheels were almost in that ditch and I was so scared. And I, like a week later, I told my husband, I can't work here anymore. Nope. So, but anyway, then I went back to my old newspaper that I was in, in Bellevue, and I worked there till the end of my working career. And uh, I really loved it because I met a lot of different kinds of people. I met business people. I met military people because we have a base right in Bellevue, mm -hmm. uh, Air Force Base. You met, just met every kind of person, artists, everything. So I'm pretty good at talking to uh, a variety of people. And that helps when you're writing books because you have to do research. Exactly, exactly. I mean, this is, this is, you know, hearing this is just like, it almost sounds like my writing career. But then again, I started out my writing career doing television production back in elementary school. And that was in like 2004. So I have sent some of the same sort of background as you, but mine started out in TV. Yeah. Well, that's not uncommon. No. And, you know journalists often go lap over careers you know mm -hmm. my cousins worked at newspapers and she's a, a dj and she's still a dj she's my age and she uh so she did that but anyway she also worked in newspapers and television it's just the market is so small unless you live in la or new york right exactly <laughs> the radio market is too tiny and so she has to be open to anything and I always wanted to write books. So once I quit working at newspapers, because it is very stressful, I don't care if you work in a small town or a big town, it's very stressful and a lot of hours. And so I, I decided I was done working mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I started writing fiction. And uh, that's pretty much I, my first story sold and for I had a short story in an anthology and mm -hmm. an anthology is like a collection of short stories yes and uh, with a you know a similar theme and so I sold that one and then I went I've sold I've have short stories in about 10 anthologies I believe and then Marie was just a short story my first story in freak show it was just a short story that mm -hmm. uh I sold it just as a short story on Amazon and I sold like quite a few. And then my, the people who read it were like, come on, write, write some more. We love the atmosphere and the world that you created. So anyway, that's a long story, but <laughs> no, 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 no. That's how it happened. <laughs> that That's incredible. That's incredible. One of my questions actually is what would you say fuels your passion for writing? Well, this is, uh, good question. My dad is from the Ozarks down in Missouri. It's very back country. It's very simple times. And 
he is he was the best storyteller he he when we would have dinner at night there's I have a sister my mom and my dad and we would sit at the table and when we were done eating we would always stay at the table because my dad was going to tell us some big story probably from his childhood and he would have us laughing the whole time right and when you know my boyfriends would come over when i started dating they loved his silly stories and so um when i was little he, you know he would tell these stories but he would also sit me in his lap and have, hold the newspaper and show me stories in the newspaper and read them to me and he, then my mom read me books and stuff so they were really focused on reading and stories and learning so i mean it's, it's directly from them and that i wanted to do this and i have been a big big reader all my life so that i mean when you see other people write a story you always think you can do it <laughs> everybody <laughs> thinks they can be a news reporter everybody thinks they can be a writer everybody thinks they <laughs> they can be an actor i suppose but yeah. uh, it's really harder than people think to to write i mean just the process sitting your butt in the chair and writing is hard you got to be disciplined and you got to be realistic yes but yeah i like to I like my real is my stories are realistic. I mean, I know I got a fat woman and all this in my book, but it's horror, but it's also realistic people. Yes, it is. You know, that's what I'm, I, my goal is like, I, I've written about vampires and uh, zombies and all that horror characters, but I want to be kind of real people, you know. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, I was reading here now, we were talking a minute ago about your work that's been published. You said you've published several anthologies, and mm -hmm. some of the anthologies you've published uh, include Slaughterhouse, the Serial Killer Editor, uh, Edition, Volume 1 from Siren's Call Publications, Simple Things from Lichen Publications, Final Masquerade by Lichen Publications, and Dead Harvest by Scar Scarlet Galleon Publications. And yes. even though, and even with the, all this, most of the other things, um, most of your books can be found on Amazon uh, during a uh, three-year author page, correct? Right. Okay. Just, just go to Amazon and where it says search, search my name and they'll all come up. What we will a do, lot of them. <laughs> what we will do is we will have an, a link to the to your author page in the information of this uh, episode. Great. So that way people can go in and look at that. Now, yeah, you've that, in, that's a good idea. <laughs> I always do that with every one of those uh, episodes. Now, obviously you live in Omaha, Nebraska with your husband of 38 years and your two dogs and a black cat. Yes. Yep. And we lost our black cat today. She was in... We thought she ran away, and oh. I'm still recovering from it. <laughs> you, you texted me that as soon as, or as, as I was preparing to hit the button for this interview, and I was like, oh, gosh, you, oh, God, rest in peace, Missy. I was like, oh, God. I didn't even finish the reading. I was just like, oh, God, Missy's gone. No, no, no. <laughs> but now My husband left the door open, and he never does that. He left the outside door open, oh. and then he realized, and then he couldn't find her, and 
Then we both started looking. We went outside. She wasn't there because she's an indoor cat. Right. So we went down. He went downstairs and she was in the far corner of our garage in where it's kind of dark and she's black. Of it was, ugh, I don't know. I could kill her because it really scared us because she was my father's cat and I'm taking care of her now. So I don't want to lose her. And she's just, <laughs> she came upstairs. She was so worked up, but she's fine now. <laughs> oh man. Cats. I don't know. <laughs> one of the funny, one of the funny things that you wrote in your bio, um, your office is full of nice photos. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're, you're all yeah, I got a thing about I have a thing about true crime right and so yeah yeah I have serial killers pictures and stuff like that you have people like Ted Bundy Ed Gein and a few zombies among the towers of books on your desk waiting to be read oh yeah so you yeah. must have like skyscrapers of books on your desk just waiting for you to just pop open one and be like, ah, <laughs> I can do whatever I want now. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's, and I, I have like, I can look right now on my bookshelf about 10 books I bought recently that I haven't even started reading. <laughs> that's how writers are. <laughs> exactly. I have like, I'll even tell you this right now. I have a couple of books that are just sitting around waiting for me to break them open. Some of them I haven't even taken out of the packaging. So I'm just like, uh, do I read them? Do I sit there? Do I not? But do you have any more plans to write any more other books? Like, I know you say you have one coming up, but do you have any more to be written or that are ready to be published after this one? Well, it's not written all the way, but I have. It's on its way. Right. You know, I, I have to do a lot of work, but... I have all the outline of it done and I know what I want to write. I have a book about zombies, <laughs> a zombie book uh, all planned out. But that's going to take me, you know, months to write. Exactly. And then the process. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be my next book. And I think in the long run, um, I would like to write something um non-horror you know, right maybe. right kind of because um like when my mom was alive she wouldn't read my books because it was scary so i had a couple that were minimal scary more humor all my stuff has humor in it so i had to read those and she liked them but it's just <laughs> i would like to reach out to the non-horror community as well so exactly and that actually kind of segues into our next question. What is some advice that you would give those listening who probably want to write a book, but they're having trouble thinking of ideas, motivating themselves to write, you know, what have you? What kind of advice would you give those uh, people with those questions? Well, first thing, it's just a little bit of reality here. Uh, writing a book is hard work. It's fun in a lot of ways because you can make up this whole world of your own and, you know, the characters, but it takes patience and a lot of time sitting at your desk typing and then erasing what you just typed yep. and then typing something else. It's a lot of work. And then you have to get it edited and formatted and published. It's not, and 
it sounds like you can write a book in a month. It takes a long time to write a book if you're doing well, if you're doing a good job at it. Exactly. So what I, okay, as far as um, if one more thing that's just reality is it may sound like it, but not every book makes it to the bestseller list. Mm-mm. There are lots of books that do not. And the average uh, writer today from the last figures I saw uh, makes about $10,000 a year off of writing. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not a income. I mean, that's not minimum wage even in. Right. So I had a friend and he got his first book deal and a better book deal. I mean, he didn't self-publish. He got a deal from a publisher and he thought he was going to go out and buy a new car. And no, you don't. (laughs) Right. That's, you get a small amount of money. So, I mean, it's fun. It's rewarding, but be realistic if you're going to write a story to make money, you're not going to. And unless you're, you know, I don't know, uh, the woman who wrote Harry Potter and you're that fortunate. If you're, well, right. Then if you're JK, I haven't read, I haven't read that, but. Right. If you're JK <laughs> Rowling, boom, you got a, yeah. you got a bestseller right there. Roll doll, boom. You got a Harry yeah. Potter series, you know. Well, Stephen King, you know, he's our God in the horror world to Stephen King. I'm, I mean, almost anything he writes becomes a bestseller, but that's because he has a, a um, reputation and exactly. movies and all that. But So anyway, uh, I just think it's important to be realistic is I think what I wanted to say because I was very realistic going in because I knew as a newspaper person, I didn't make much money. Right, And I knew, I know it's not this big lucrative field. And like I said, everyone thinks they can write a book. And so everyone's doing it. And right now with, um, with the eBooks and Kindle and all that, there's so many bad books. (laughs) So there are a lot of competition. Right. For, I, I've read a few of them myself, and there, there are some people that may think they're going to get on the bestseller list, but you're really not. And then there are some people that say, I'm not going to get on the bestseller list. And two years later, boom, they're on the bestseller list. They're selling, you know, tens of millions of copies of books, and they're just sitting in their office on Fifth Street, you know, thumbing through their cash like, oh, look at me. I know exactly what I've done. And, you know, that's how yeah. I kind of ruled. When I started my publishing journey, I said, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to get this. And then here I am. I get quoted for 20 books. And then next thing you know, boom, 20 books is sold and I made $200. That's good. That's not bad. So what am I going to do with $200? Save it. And then I get another (laughs) deal. And then this comes and then that comes. And here I am making, you know, close to whatever. You know, it's well, and some of it you have to put back into editing and, that, and formatting and stuff. And that's and the so, beauty. I've, I've been able to format and edit my own books for my entire journey, you know, because I knew yeah. that from going into writing classes and, you know, from being friends with other authors who have given me their skills, you know, taught me their skills. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I can do this now. And it's, you know, it's not foreign to me, but it's not like 
it's not like a walk in the park. You know, you could be at your desk for two or three days editing the same paragraph and it's like, oh my gosh, just put a bullet in my head now. <laughs> you know, but the best thing I learned from my author friends and from reading about writing mm -hmm. is for me and for most writers, it's to have a, a schedule sort of have a have your little schedule like from eight to noon I write every single day exactly or or like a thousand words as oftentimes that's my goal if I can get a thousand words exactly on paper I can quit for the day but it's not a good idea but I can <laughs> not a lot I love right. myself. but I have writer friends who uh will write twelve thousand words in a day which is amazing yeah. because they have deadlines and such as that and I have friends who've written a lot of books and they still have a full-time job and they manage to find time to write books exactly but you gotta think of that too and how much time do you have and when do you want this book to come out and I think I think that's just really important is to uh, be realistic but also one thing I'm fortunate is in is that I have a huge group of really good, kind friends who are all writers or publishers or whatever, mm -hmm. but mostly writers, and they are so supportive of me. And I haven't, I don't have a huge catalog of, of writing, right? But they they ask me to you know write guest blogs or you know get involved in some activity. I come to conventions. I don't have any, much to sell, but I go because I learn a lot. But anyway, they're very supportive. And I would suggest if you really are gonna write a book, if you really are, find a group of writers who are writing in your genre like that. I write, I have horror friends, but I have friends who are in the horror world. And like I say, they just really supported me. They, we read each other's books, you know, to, before we publish them to kind of right. give each other a feedback. And um, I, I've edited a few books, but I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. And I used to be an editor, <laughs> ah. but it's like, I, I, it's not, I don't like it. Because, so anyway, but there are friends, you know, friends sometimes will just help you out. But you got to remember, you're going to need some money <laughs> to get going. Yes. But that's it. That's a lot of careers. You have to have clothes to wear to the job, whatever. All careers take a little money at first. Yes. Whatever. But I do, there are a lot of writing groups online for different genres. Like uh, there's a horror group. There is also a, a horror association, horror writing association and you have to join it, but it's very, very supportive. And like I say, there are all these conventions and writing retreats and you meet so many people. And, you know, um, like Stephen King's son is Joe Hill and he's had a couple bestsellers lately. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet him at a convention in Rhode Island. <laughs> all right. And that was kind of cool. But I mean, that's how it goes. And you, it's a lot of fun. And you never know when you're going to run into that publisher 
that might want your book or exactly. <laughs> somebody who's doing it. I get asked to, you know, like, why don't you contribute? You know, you don't get to just go to an into an anthology. They, you have to earn your spot. If they have hundreds of uh, stories submitted for maybe 20 spots, 15 or 20. So you got to, you got to do a good job, but exactly. Yeah, exactly. But those people are a lot of help, your, your friends. And like I say, read books about, well, read books overall. Everybody should read a lot. But if you're going to write, Stephen King is really big on this. If you're going to write first, you must read. <laughs> exactly. And um, he has a wonderful book on writing called On Writing. And it's not very big, but it's very helpful. It talks about his career and it talks about things you should do and not do in writing. And it's very helpful. And, um, but even reading outside of your genre that you're going to write is good. Yes. It's just any writing. And I mean, yeah, any words you, you need to read, but uh, that's all I can think of. <laughs> that, that, that is more than I expected from anybody. Thank you. Like seriously. And my last question, literally, I think we've already kind of contacted or, you know, hit on this, but where can our listeners contact you in regards to your books? Well, um, I'm on Amazon. So go to amazon.com and just search my name, Lori Safranic, and the books will pop up and you can buy them. It's very simple. And, or if you just want to talk to me for some reason, uh, on Facebook, my name's Lori Wolf Safranic. W-O-L-F-E. So uh, you can look under that name or Lori Safranic author, which is my author page on Facebook. So whichever. I think I may. I don't think I followed your author page on Facebook. I'm a bad author. Whoops. <laughs> but all of the information for our guest this evening, all of the information that we can get on her books as well as her author page on Amazon will be listed and linked in the bio of our of tonight's episode. And guys, that is the end of today's interview. We would like to thank our guest Lori Safronic for joining us today on the Author on Wheels podcast. For more information on our podcast, you can go to our website www.authoronwheels.com and view our podcast schedule on the podcast tab of our homepage. You can also follow the Author on Wheels Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel and following us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links to our social media are in the episode details. So from all of us here at the Author on Wheels podcast, thank you for tuning in. And before we leave, we would like to remind you that your life is a story and we are imposing the question of how are you going to write the next chapter? Again, Lori, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's been a very, very interesting interview getting to talk to you. You are one of the best horror authors that I've read, and I'd love to hear more about your work. I'm ready to experience this journey that we're going on as authors. And again, thank you so much for allowing us to sit down and talk with you tonight. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, guys, that's it. See you soon.